Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. In your Bibles, turn, if you will, to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Now, we're studying growing up spiritually, and we've been taking these different, uh, how can I say it, different subjects that are unique to growing up spiritually and doing some uh, explanations, some exploring, some teaching on it so that we will will have understanding of it. Amen? And so I've brought my Passion Bible. I've been doing some study in that Passion Bible. I like it. There's some things I really like about it, but I also brought my regular Bible, Colossians chapter 2. Now, what what we're studying is spiritual communication. Now, I don't want to just, how can I say, segregate it or regulate it or, or, or relegate it to the subject of prayer. Prayer is spiritual communication. Amen? I mean, we teach on prayer quite a lot around here. You that have come over the years know that every year we usually do a series on prayer because prayer is an acquired skill. Let me say that again. Prayer is an acquired skill. You just don't know how to pray because you're a Christian. You have to learn how to pray. The disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're in what, Luke 17 or 19, one of the two. He said, uh, teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray. And why did they ask him that? Because he was effective in it. But now listen, uh, spiritual communication is a whole lot more than prayer. Let me say this, church. Listen, I've been in ministry now 36 years and I have never in my life seen the spirit realm so active. It is active right now. And spiritual communication is taking place both on the righteous side but also on the unrighteous side. Let me tell you, the devil has amplified his voice on this earth. Let me say that again. The devil has amplified his voice upon the earth. And you need to, listen, you need to be wise enough as a believer that when you're watching something or something you're being exposed to or you're even in a conversation, you realize and recognize, now wait a second, this is some spiritual communication going on here and you'll recognize if it's good or you'll recognize if it's bad so that you may be able to get away from it or be a part of it. Can I get a better amen? So what we're doing right now, Teaching the Word of God, that's spiritual communication. Whenever you sit down with your Bible and you make a decision, you're going to read scriptures. You know, we have a a Bible reading program here at the church where we read a a chapter a day. That's spiritual communication. When you pray as an individual at your home, that's spiritual communication. There are conversations when you lead somebody to the Lord, when you share your faith, when you share your testimony. That is spiritual communication. We need to understand it and we need to grow in it so that we are literally, how can we say it? We are literally experts in spiritual communication. Now's the time to do that like no other time in history. Amen. Now, Colossians chapter 2. Let me read this in the King James. Verse 8 says this. Beware. Amen. Everybody say beware. Well, if it says beware, we need to beware. That means look out. Look out. Beware. Beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Now let me read this. Listen to this in the Passion Bible. It says, Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic 
and clouded judgments based on mindsets of the world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. That's a mouthful. I said, that's a mouthful. Now listen, we are living in what the, what the society has, has deemed itself the information age. There's never been more information that is fluid. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, there's information that's been locked up. College campuses, different places you had to go to get that information. Honey, you can get on a little box. You can get on a phone now and you can tap in to the major universities of our, of our nation. You can uh, tap into major uh, information centers that are going to download to you all kinds of information that's just flowing all over the earth. And the problem is, is most of that communication, well, I'd say 99 and 9 10% of it, is controlled by the devil. I was going to be real nice and say by the world and the world system, but it's the devil. Do you realize that? Do you realize most people are just, well, I don't know. It does matter how you're being communicated to because a lot of it is on a spiritual level and it is designed to do what? To carry out the ministry of Satan, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me help you. Listen, the devil doesn't want justice. He didn't want the races to be healed and all the prejudice to go. He don't want none of that. He wants to kill you. And that's not a message just for Christians. That's a message for all of humanity. That is his mission. That is what he does. He's the devil. You can't blame him for doing it. That's who he is. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his very nature. He's criminal in nature, and he's very ruthless in his application of that which he does. So we have to, as the word says, I like this, we have to beware. Number one, no one distracts you. There's so much that are distracting people right now. What do I do about this situation? What do I do about that situation? Well, I mean, as we get closer to uh, uh, September, now, now the whole thing, what are we going to do about school? Oh, my goodness. What are we, gonna, we ought to go to school. I said we ought to go to school because school is something we've done in our nation and this world for many, many years. But now there's a problem. I might get sick if I go to school. How many ever got sick when you went to school? I was sick of school for 12 years. My philosophy was I might not get sick. I'm going to go see if I can get sick. Amen. People are afraid to go out and shop. They're afraid to, to go to the auto store to get their car fixed. They're afraid to, to go to the vet and get their dog fixed. They're afraid of everything because they might come into contact with somebody that might infect them. When has that mentality ever motivated the ebb and flow of society? We've had flus. We've had epidemics. I begin to look at all the different ones of millions and millions of people that it's killed, the different flus, the different SARS, the different pandemics that have gone on on the earth, and we've never stopped the planet for a disease. We've never done it. So it's not the disease that has stopped the planet. There's something else that's sinister. There's something else that's dark. There's something else that's trying to happen. And I guarantee you it is coming online. That antichrist system is flexing its muscle. And you do not need to get distracted by it because it will suck you into it and spoil your faith and put you into fear and make you totally ineffective in the days and hours in which you should be the most effective as a believer in the earth. I'm telling you, it's time to rise up. I said, it's time to rise up. Go over to the book of Revelation.
Revelation. Let me get all my markers here. I keep promising I'm going to get an iPad. I hadn't fulfilled that promise yet. Revelation chapter 3. Now let me read, I'm going to read it in the King James, then I'll come back and read it in my Passion Bible. King James, verse 14. It says, right unto the angel, another better word is that, right unto the pastor or the messenger of the church at Laodicea. Write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful, the true, the witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now notice, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, rich with goods, have need of nothing, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind and naked. Now notice this. I counsel thee to buy of me, that's God speaking of himself, buy of me gold tried in fire. Now gold tried in fire is the purest. It's not just gold that's taken out of the ground that has impurities in it. When they try it with fire, that's what produces uh, the 24 karat gold. The thing, the, you know what they make currency out of, coins out of, stuff like that. Gold tried in fire. I say tried in fire. Now let me find my place here. Tried in fire. I counsel thee by thee gold, tried in fire, that they mayest be rich and white raiment. Everybody say white raiment. That thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Now notice this. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. If you've never been rebuked or chastened by God, I'm not going to say the rest. Let me read the scripture. Say, Pastor Rusty said, if you've never been rebuked or chastened by God, he doesn't love you. I'm not going to say that. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now notice this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, I will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with the Father on his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now remember what we taught on last week, the difference between listening and hearing. A lot of people listen and get inspired, but if you hear, you'll get informed. Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? What you listen to, you can kind of passively agree to, but what you hear, you will act on. I said, what you hear, you will act on. And the Bible says right here, he that hath an ear to hear, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now let me read this. I like it in the... In the in the Passion Bible. It says, Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Laodicea. For these are the words of the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know all that you do. I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent in passion. How I wish you were either one or the other. But because you are neither cold or hot but lukewarm, I'm about to spit you from my mouth. 
For you claim I'm rich, getting richer, I don't need a thing, yet you are clueless that you are miserable, poor, blind, barren, and naked. So I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. Purchase eye salve to be placed on your eyes so that you can truly see. All those I dearly love, I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what is right. Behold, I am standing at the door and knocking. If, you, if your heart is open to my voice and you open the door within, I will come to you and feast with you and you with me. And to one who conquers, I will give the privilege of sitting with me on my throne just as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. The one whose heart is open. The one whose heart is open. The one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Amen. I'm going to let that settle in a minute. Let that kind of marinate in your heart there for a little bit. Now notice this. God is speaking. Jesus, the head of the church, is speaking to his churches. And he's bringing correction. Now he's talking about being, I like it in the Amplified, it says, uh, frozen in apathy or fervent with passion. Notice, frozen in apathy or fervent with passion. Those are the two. It says, how I wish you were either one. Now, why would he say that? Because if you're frozen in apathy, he can open your eyes to see that you're frozen in apathy. Amen. Uh, if you're fervent in spirit, that's good. That's what God wants. He wants you fervent in spirit. But being lukewarm, he don't want you lukewarm. You say, well, that's the biggest deception in the church right there. People that are lukewarm people. I don't know if you eat uh, many dishes, but there's several. Uh, Leah's got a, uh, she's a Cajun, and so we cook a lot of Cajun food. And, and, and we like game, we like fish, and, and ducks and geese. and all kinds. But listen, there's a couple of dishes that we make that if it, gets, if it sits on the table and you've taken some time and you've not, you've not, uh, it's not hot as it should be, Gumbo's that way. When we cook gumbo, it's that way. If it's not as hot, you ever ate lukewarm gumbo? <laughs> Amen. Where's all my Mexicans out there? How about some lukewarm, good lukewarm menudo? <laughs> Amen. How do you like it? You like the steam coming off of it, don't you? Amen. That's what God wants you to look like. Someone with steam coming off you because lukewarm is a deception. Now notice what it says. It says, now if you're lukewarm, I'm going to do what? King James says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. The uh, 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 Passion Bible says, I'm going to spit you out. Now listen, stay with me. These, 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 these guys that are, that are being used by the Holy Ghost to write the Bible, we know that the Old Covenant was written in Hebrew because Hebrew was a legitimate language at the time. One of the things the enemy tried to do once, once Israel was destroyed, once Rome came in, those 400 years that were quiet period in between Malachi and Matthew in which the Greeks built the road, the Romans built the road and the Greeks gave us a language. During those years, the Hebrew language was almost eradicated. In Jesus' day, he spoke Aramaic. He spoke Aramaic, and they also spoke some Greek. The more educated ones spoke some Greek. But you must understand one of the signs that we are in the last of the last days is the, the, uh, the reviving of the Hebrew language. Did you know in Israel today they are speaking Hebrew? 
Woo! Because the Bible prophesied that language would be restored in the last of the last days. Now, he says, in this scripture, in translation, punctuation has everything to do with it. And also content. You say, what do you mean content? Well, if he's going to spit you out or spew you out of your mouth, spew you, that, that's kind of a rejection. Wouldn't you think that was a rejection? I don't want you around. Get out of here. That's not the nature of God. I said, that's not the nature of God to reject people he died for, people that live for him, and people that are part of the church. Are you with me? So I did some study, and I got to looking, and I read after some commentators, and actually, it, that's not what it's saying. It's not saying, I am rejecting you. I'm spitting you out of your mouth, my mouth. I'm actually, the true translation of that scripture is this. I'm going to spew my word. The word out is not there. That's been added. That's what somebody thought in their mind should be there. But the true translation is, I'm going to spew out of my mouth. Well, what comes out of the mouth of God? The Word of God. That means everybody that's lukewarm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sit under the Word, sit under the Word, sit under the Word, sit under the Word, because He cannot come stand at your door and knock if He kicks you out. Are you with me? So to spew you out, or to spew out is to do what? God said, I'm going to start putting more word in you. I'm going to start putting more word in you. I'm going to start giving you revelation. I'm going to start unveiling the word. I'm going, to, I'm going to start doing what I need to do to get you out of that lukewarm place in life and to get you white hot, fervent in the things of God, fervent in the things of the Spirit, doing the will of God and being the witness you're called to be in the last of the last days. We say, Pastor, you really think this is the last of the last days? I know it is. For such a time as this. That's what we're going to call our fall harvest conference. For such a time as this. A gathering to seek the Lord. You know we're some 16 to 18 days from an election that has worldwide implications. I'm not political. Listen, we elect this guy, things are going to change radically. We elect this guy, things are going to change radically. It does not matter who gets elected. There is literally going to be a total paradigm shift in society in this nation. There's going to be a paradigm shift in the world and it's not going to be a shift up to good and blessing and wealth and health. It's going to be a shift into destruction. One will delay it four more years. One will cause it to race into our lives in a few short months. You say, oh, well, I don't believe that. You better wake up and start believing some things. You better wake up and realize why you're here, why God has called you to be alive at this time, and your purpose in the kingdom of God. Amen? Now I'm going to stay with, the, stay with the passion. It says, I'm about to spit some things out of my mouth. I'm going to give you some word. For you claim I'm rich and have, uh, claim I'm rich and don't have a need, yet you are close. Now let me just say this. Everybody in here, I don't care what your lot in life is. You may say, Pastor, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm probably the poorest person in this church. You are rich compared to a, just about three quarters of this world. This is the richest nation with the most, uh, uh, most uh, uh, more things available, more ways to get what's available than any other place in the world. We are a rich nation and we're a rich church. Can I get a better amen than that? Now notice what it says. Let me get over here. It says, uh, but you are, I don't, uh, you're, getting, you're rich and getting rich and say, I don't need a thing. Yet you are clueless that you are miserable. Now notice this, miserable, poor, blind, barren, and naked. So I counsel you, now notice, to purchase 
gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment, now notice this, to cover and clothe your shameful Adam or Adamic nakedness. Now listen, the true traits of the Adamic nature are finding their strength in this hour. People have lost their minds. Amen? They've lost their minds. They're going crazy. I've said this all, all the years of my ministry, that we are living in a time in which the true evolution of mankind is being realized. The true evolution of mankind is not from the, from the goo to the zoo to you. Did you get that? That's not evolution. I'm talking about man living in the presence of God in Eden, evolving into the creature that he is now. And listen, there is some covering of the Adamic nakedness that is left in your flesh and in your mind that the Word of God supplies and, and Revelation describes it as a white robe. Amen? So it talks about what? You're going to have to purchase it. Now, don't get, don't you say, well, is it going to take five more offerings? No, 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 no. That means it's going to cost you. You've got to do something to get, we have uh, five of our young adults. Uh, you know, Breland came to me and said, Dad, I want to go on a road trip. And see, I, I, I re reverted back to me being 19 and my road trips. Amen. I remember 19 years old going on a road trip. You know, do we have enough weed? Do we have enough quaaludes? You know, do we have enough? <laughs> Y'all looking so holy. So here comes my 19-year-old daughter and says, Dad, we want to go on a road trip. I'm thinking, yeah, right. I said, where do you want to go? She says, I want to go to a camp meeting. I'm like, what? So Breland and four of the young adults loaded up. Now listen, here's what it did. It cost them money. I didn't pay for it. I didn't give her a nickel. She works. She makes her own money. She got her own money. She got her, all of them put that together. And off they went to a camp meeting. And I know the people in the camp meeting. So I'm praying over those preachers. I'm praying them. I'm, many of them I know personally. I'm saying, Lord, let them pick out those young adults. Let them speak the word. Let them lay their hands on them. Let the anointing of God come on their life. Anybody that will go out of their way to find something from God is someone who is purchasing fine gold. And they're purchasing a white robe. I mean, it's going to cost you. Come and pray every night, cost you. Amen. My evenings, listen, I live pretty nice. I got a nice home on the bay. I got a nice boat dock that goes out every night. I can catch fish. But I don't every night because I'm up here praying. I got a nice big bay boat hanging right there in the street. I've been out one time this whole summer. You say, why well, don't you want? I want to go. I want to do it, but I can't. You say, why? Well, something in my spirit is compelling me to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray, to intercede so that the Spirit of God can move and shake the church out of its apathy and complacency to get it out of a lukewarm place in which our expectancy rises to the place in which God can interrupt us with His plan instead of the devil interrupting us with His plan. All those I dearly love. I unmask, that means to show you, show you your own mo motives, and I train. So repent 
and be eager to pursue what is right. Behold, I am standing at the door and knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. This is what's called an invitation. Now, I've, for years, I've, I've been around evangelists and evangelistic crusades. We've done many crusades ourselves. That always makes a great altar call at the end of the service. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. All you out there that are not saved, you don't know Jesus is the Lord, we've preached the gospel to you, and Jesus is standing at the door of your heart, and he's knocking, oh, will you let him in tonight? I've seen people come and get saved, many hundreds of people, thousands of people even, get saved on altar calls just like that. But did you know, this is not written to sinners. This is not written to sinners, it's written to the church. And Jesus is saying, behold, I'm standing at the door of your heart, and I'm knocking. What does that mean? He wants entrance into your life. He wants you yielded to Him. I, I, I hope I can read this. It's kind of small. The Aramaic translate, or translated can state or can read, I have been standing at the door knocking. Jesus knocking on the door points us to the process of an ancient Jewish wedding invitation. In the days of Jesus, a bridegroom and his father a bridegroom and his father, a bridegroom and his father would come to the door of the bride-to-be carrying the beautiful cup of wine and the bride price or that which was being used to purchase the bride. Standing outside, they would knock. If she fully opened the door, she was saying, she was, she was saying, yes, I will be your bride. Jesus and his father in the same way are knocking on the doors of our heart, inviting us to be his bride. So what's he doing? He's standing at the door, not with rebuke, not with condemnation, not with cancer, not with bankruptcy. He's standing with what? The goblet, the wine goblet, which is a type of the Holy Ghost. This is the best wine that the Father and the Son can find in the area in which they live. This is the very best that can be produced. The Father is standing with what? What I believe is the end time, last day outpouring. The cup in his hand. And he's knocking at the door. And he's saying, Island Church, do you want this cup? Do you want the bride price? I'm here with bags of money, with all kinds of favor, with all kinds of goodness, with all kinds of blessings, with homes, with material, spiritual, you name it, protection for your family, protection in pandemics, protection in anarchy. I'm banging on the door. Will you let me in? Apathy and complacency won't do it. Being lukewarm won't do it. You say, well, you know, I tell you, baseball may come back. Let, let, hold on. This is how desensitized we are and how quickly we can be desensitized. Now you think of these major industries, the uh, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA. You think, about, you think about the airlines. You think about other major industries. That, that may or may not, we don't know, may or may not even come online, may or may not even happen. We have no idea. They have been decimated. They'll never be the same. I said they'll never, their glory days are over. You mark what I'm saying. Their glory days are over. 
I like two sports that I like to follow: uh, uh, surfing and bull riding. I've been a been a uh, I was been a, still am a surfer. I went surfing the other day for 47 years. Surfed twice in the U.S. National Surfing Championships. I rode bulls when I was a kid, 15, 16, 17 years old, and went to the Texas High School State Finals. So I like to watch bull riding, and if I ever can catch a surfing event on TV, I'll watch it. But I noticed the other day, the, the guys I like to watch, the PBR, professional bull riders, you know, they've been doing everything they, they can to, to have an event. You know, the guy's got mask on, there's no crowd, and even the bulls are kind of looking around going. <laughs> They're kind of like, what's going on around here, you know? I mean, it's just so awkward. So the other day, they had an event up in Casper, Wyoming, and, uh, and they allowed people to come. Oh, boy! But, you could, but they were so spread out that it was just the most weird-looking, odd-looking. I mean, could you imagine going to a stadium that sent thousands, tens of thousands of people, and there being a few hundred there? Yay! <laughs> I think of our college traditions, college football. What's that going to look like this fall? Amen. I mean, you, all you guys from A&M, what's that going to look like when the, when the Corps used to march? And I had a friend that was in the Corps for all four years of his, of his uh, years at, at A&M. What's that going to look like this year? It's going to be strange. It's going to be strange if it, even, if it even happens. Amen. A few more recommendations. A few more counting up how they choose to count. I wish I could count my money. Never mind. We're not going to get off on that. I'll get off my message. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice, this is where spiritual communication that is negative, that is against you, that causes fear and, and, and just all kinds of, of, of issues in your, you know, makes you just so nervous and agitated. You know, they say right now that the mental health of our nation is the lowest that it's ever been. That even after the attack of, of, of uh, the Japanese on Pearl Harbor, that, that the, the, you know, the depression and, and people went way down. But once we decided, hey, we're going to fight this thing, we're going to resist this thing, it just actu actually over, uh, uh, it, it recovered overnight. It recovered overnight. So listen, I'm here to tell you this. I, I, I am an extreme resistor. Let me say that again. I am an extreme resistor, especially when it comes to the devil. That's why the prayer, that's why the intercession, that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we haven't just, well, we just go to a virtual church. Did you know when we were doing live stream, that, that on, we were paying our bills, paying our staff. Everybody was having a good time. We were busy producing all these videos, but that is not the will of God for the church. I said that is not the will of God for the church. And I'm going to tell you, there's some resistance in me. I hope it doesn't cause you embarrassment one day, but I'm telling you there are some things I'm just not going to do. I'm just not going to do it. You say, why? Because I serve God Almighty, a higher power, and because of that, there are some things coming down the road. We're going to have to resist those things and say, no, we serve God, and we're not going to be what you say we're going to be. We're going to be what God says we're going to be. Now listen to this. I like this. Let me close with this. Oh man, I'm nine minutes over. I will come in and feast with you. Ooh, God food. Amen. I will feast with you and you will feast with me. That's interaction. Prayer needs to be what? 
Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. And to the one who conquers, I will give the privilege of sitting with me on my throne just as I conquered and sat down with my Father on His throne. Now let me tell you something. We all know we are risen with Him and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But this is a positional place which is given to you as a reward. This is not for everybody. You say, well, then who's it for? Those that overcome. Those who take the word. Those who put it into practice. Those who make a decision. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. I don't care how hot the fire gets. I don't care if they throw me in there. There's a fourth man in every fire for every believer that dares to serve God in the midst of epidemics, pandemics, anarchy, political uprest, and everywhere else. There is a fourth man waiting in the fires of life for every one of us. If we will just make a decision, we're going to serve God like he says to do it. Stir ourselves up. Get out of that lukewarm place and get fervent, hot for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, lift up your hands and thank the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we glorify you. Jesus, we exalt you. Blessed be, blessed be, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let me, t- let me say something. We've got a lot of young people here today. I like that. I was a young man. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Went to a church that was a very, very powerful church. God used that church to be the forerunner of the charismatic move. Pastor John Osteen got baptized in the Holy Ghost in our pastor's living room in 1958. Brother Kenneth E. Hagan came for years, twice a year, two weeks at a time, powerful meetings. But it was preached constantly that Jesus was coming back. Jesus is coming back. And I felt so robbed of a life. I felt so robbed. I thought, well, if Jesus is coming back, I'm not going to get to grow up, have a wife, have children. I'm not, you know, if he's coming. And, you know, there were things that were going on back then that looked like, he was fixing to come. I mean, Jerusalem was taken back in 1967. Most people thought, that's it, we're done. A lot, of the, a lot of the people that teach on eschatology thought, that's it, that's it. But that wasn't it. But let me just say something to all the young people. If you, get, if you allow the enemy to put into your mind this, I'm not ever going to get to grow. Man, if Jesus comes back in the next couple of years, if the rapture takes place, that means I don't, I don't get to marry, I don't get to have children, I don't get to pursue a career, I don't get to... Listen to me. Listen to me. Then what's going to happen? You're going to be in heaven with God. You're coming back in seven years to rule and reign with Christ. I didn't know all that back then. I just knew Jesus was coming back, and I don't want him to come back till I grow old. Because I think I was going to miss out on something. You're not going to miss out on one thing. The ecstasy, the glory of what God has planned for us after this wretched experience of life comes to an end and He comes for the church and we can shuck off these death-doomed bodies, enter into that glorified state. My God, think what life will be like. I look at some Brother Osteen, Brother John Osteen said years ago. He said, if you could communicate to a child in, a wo- in the womb of its mother and it could comprehend and understand you and you begin to say to that baby, 
Now listen, listen. I know, I know, no life is really good for you right now. You're warm, you're secure. In your mother's womb, you get all the nourishment you need. You don't have to worry about paying the light bill, car note, nothing like that. Life is good. But in a couple more months, big change. Big change. You got to come out of there. You got to learn to walk. That baby would say, walk? What does that mean? You got to learn to talk. Talk? What does that mean? You're going to have to, one day you're going to have to learn to earn a living, feed yourself. You're going to have to, you know, marry a wife or a husband. Have to, be, that baby would be saying, what are you talking about? He'd have no comprehension at all in his mind or her mind of what you were talking about. The same thing is true of the spirit realm. All we know is God is drawing us that direction right now. That, that, that spiritual pull is happening in the lives of every person. Young, old, does not matter. You're here for such a time as this. Don't put off any plans to get married, have children. Don't do that. The Bible says it would be as it was in the days of Noah. People will be married, being given in marriage. People will be having children. But just know this. You're closer to the divine interruption of God than we've ever been. And that's not going to be a bad thing, no matter how old you are. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, if you will. Father, Thank you so much for the richness of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're spewing out of your mouth the word of God, revelation knowledge, anointing and power into our lives, Father, so that we may be more than a conqueror in all that we do in Jesus' name. Father, as is our tradition, we put a demand upon your word. Thanking you, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Lord God, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation. In the righteous labor of our hands, our, our contractors, those that work up at UTMB, those that have their automotive shops, those that work in education, all of our men and women that handle the resources of the earth, thank you that they are protected, blessed, not subject to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. For we do abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father, for the door of utterance open for us in which we can boldly speak your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Let our witness be strong, sincere, salted with love, and effective as we communicate the love of God and the life of God to others this week. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word. Guests, to find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.